Rafi said, you killed Elnor. And Q fucking says, who? <laughs> <laughs> you stole our line, you bastard. <laughs> Captain's Pod I just have to fucking run with it now because I either have like five different takes for the outtakes or I just have to sing with her because <laughs> the musical ambassador knows no limits. Oh no. Welcome to the finale of season two of Captain's Pod and Picard. Oh. Less importantly. More importantly, it's the finale of Captain's Pod. Um, for the this season. finale of Cat, where this is it, we're not doing anything for this series. Oh, okay. So happy Saturday, everyone! For everyone that's hearing this on the day that it lands on a Saturday, a few days early, because some asshole at Paramount not only decided to not give it to England at all, which I'm mad about, and I'm gonna have to figure something out when I go home, but also decided to debut it the day after Picard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, the way his whole face just moved. No, that was an actual skeleton. That was actually a Star Wars reference. Like, do you remember in have you seen episode one, The Phantom Menace? And you got Jar Jar Binks, they're like the Gungans that like they live underwater. And then there's like the big Gungan, the boss. Um and like, you sir, have a deal with us. Very, very like culturally inappropriate. And whenever he agrees to something or gets mad, he will just go oh, Yes. change the fact that the entirety of your face like all of your soft tissue just separated from your skeleton and wiggled around i will show you a video later on of this gun that's all i want i i just want that that's all i need okay i don't even see the origins that was amazing holy shit we're done with star wars right finale how do we feel about the finale um i'm nervous about it but i'm also excited because i feel like we're gonna be seeing I think what it is is respecting the writers, even if I don't like how they've written the story. Okay, that is really, really fair because we've been very critical over this season. This has been hard in general. I was thinking about that this morning before coming into the studio, just the harshness that I feel. And I think it comes from a place of just desperately loving the material, like loving the characters, that I'm going to be, I really have high expectations. And it hasn't been, I think the, the most disappointing aspect of it has been seven and rafi for me 100 percent. i don't think the show is badly written i think the stuff between them two specifically has been badly written what's let let down the show overall is a wobbly plot like that's the 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 storyboard for this is what's really let it down there has still been some fantastic writing from picard q agnes the queen the writing scene to scene has been so so good they just haven't known what to do with half the cast and that has just bled through so much and we go on to the writing but we are like skipping over some things too and that like the set <clears throat> pieces are beautiful and costume I love design how it's is gorgeous shot. Mm-hmm. it's this this beautifully done and i love all the acting and i love what they're trying to do with the material mm-hmm. i can't help being let down that what i'm being shown feels clunky yeah uh i can't help that but i'm excited to see what the writers have done and i also you have to kind of understand too that sometimes it's not just the writers like there's things that happen in the editing process where parts are chopped and put together and you kind of have to like as a creative person or as someone who creates this kind of material you have to do your part and then kind of let go because someone else is going to come in hundreds of people working edit it it and direct it and 
shift things around and scooch stuff. And so what we're looking at at the end, if, if I was if I had written it, I might be thinking I didn't mean it that way, you know. Oh, 100 so, percent. Totally. So this isn't I want to be very particular in that I'm not upset with the people involved. It's Absolutely just, not. I can only go off of what it feels. That all said, I am excited to see what I think the directors and the editors and the writers and the actors and the set people and everything are trying to put in for the last bit. Because even if it's been a little bit of a clunky ride, it's still something really, really, it's an accomplishment. It it's something to be proud of. And it is still, a like it ha has this aesthetic itself. And I'm really glad we've gone this direction with the final episode of, of how we're talking about it. I, it has a feel. The Picard TV show has a feel of its own. It has created a unique show. Yes. That, that's a hard thing to do, considering it's drawing from something that is so well-established in pop culture. It has so, so much expectation on it. This has probably got the highest expectation of any TV show, but with the lowest return, because there's still not going to be a huge amount of people that, no. that probably are interested enough to watch it. Um, and I really do wonder... And have a hope that season three of Picard will have that feel of helping one and two, season one and two, kind of like ele so. elevate it, mm -hmm. um, which of course we will see. But you're right. This is, you've got like Star Trek movies to pull from, and then you've got like this entire show to pull from, and now you're creating this new show that's sort of a little grittier and serious and, you know, bringing in some really intense themes and all of that is incredibly bold. Um, I just I can't help but just continue to think that they've just done a little bit too much. Like they they uh -huh. they did a little bit too much all at once. Three cast members, too many. Um, even though I love each of them as individuals in a ten episode season where you they knew from the outset they were getting two or three seasons out of this. This was never gonna be a seven season long thing where you can develop everything and see it as a whole. Um um like think of how many TV shows you'd say, ah, the first two seasons are a bit crap, but wait until season three. You don't have the luxury of doing that in these limited run things. Like, the pressure is on to be great from the off. Um, if anything, this has given me a greater appreciation for season one. Like, how they established Rios, Rafi, Agnes, and Daj in that first season and gave us some great moments with Picard, it's, I think they did an incredible job. And this just got messier because we have Q, Guinan, Picard's mother... Who else have we got? This, oh, the, the nurse, her son. They doubled the cast again. It's, it's so much to ask to do. Um, but I am looking forward to re-watching this season back-to-back -back as 10 episodes, probably next year before season three starts. Back-to-back -back as a binge and see if it holds up better rather than waiting week to week. I have felt similarly, especially about reflecting on season one. I've been thinking more about how I enjoyed that. This season definitely feels like I don't... Man, it hit so hard on that first episode. I was oh, so man. pumped. In. Fully in. So, so good. Because it yeah. was in fucking space, that's why. Mainly. Well, it was surprising as well, you yeah. know, to, to see this Borg Queen enter the ship and there's just all this stuff happening and then the ship exploding and it was just, it was fantastic. And then we go into alt, you know, or, you know alternate mm -hmm. timeline, parallel, this is what's going on. And then they go into the past to fix it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even that episode was like, okay, this is interesting. We're figuring it out. Mm -hmm. We're we've got to assemble our pieces. And Borg Queen's like, take me with you. And, and that time jump was so. It good. was so cool. And then that next episode where they land is just when things was went 
soon as it gets to Earth, it just it fell just, off a cliff. It, and it's three days of time to kind of find everything out, which means everything that we've seen happen has been all condensed in just a short period of time. Yeah. And there is something about simplicity of story. I feel like the story that they're trying to have us understand is more depth into Picard's history so he can love Laris. Mm-hmm. Hitting on Seven's humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, Elnor's death hitting Rafi. Mm-hmm. And Rios, I suppose, realizing Finding he can love. Finding a purpose outside of maybe? work. Yeah. yeah. And all of that seems like it's just buried under cutting around so much that you almost, you, you really have to think, like, what are yeah. they trying to do here? And I, I, I feel and like. And leaning on cliches. Yeah. And I feel like that I would rather not have to wonder what it's about and just instinctively know. Yeah. Then the the great, but they've done this thing where they've added this mystery of what is Q's purpose. And then they've added in, you know, the. A Rene Picard thing, and then they've added in the not Laris thing, and they've added in the Doctor Sung thing, and they've added in like uh, Guinan Q. Guinan Q. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, there and and so what ends up happening is it re- it reminds me of uh, these were really really popular in the nineties, but there's those posters mm-hmm. where it just looks like a jumbled mess, but oh, if you stare at it long enough, something uh-huh, pops out. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Oh, I'm the just, I, the isographic ones, and it depends what angle you're looking at it as well. Yeah, so so you kind of like blur your vision and all of a sudden it pops out yeah. at you. It's 3D looking uh-huh. and then you kind of like can shift around. And so there's like an element of having to stare at something that doesn't make sense before you see it. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason I'm excited about the finale because I feel like what it's going to do is it's going to say, hey, viewer, look here. And that might help me mm-hmm. down the line. Put the lens into yeah. focus. But I'm with you. Like, let's watch it again before <clears throat> season three is probably yeah. a really good idea. And... It's, I'm confident that that's what's going to happen, that we will get a lot of answers. It's just frustrating that it feels like they have to stall for an entire yeah. season to give us what we want. Ugh. Because do you remember when, when we did season one, you're like, oh my God, they're giving us loads of answers really early on. What's going to happen? And we loved that. It was, yeah. we know was that bold. this is about androids. We know this is about mm-hmm. the Borg and the Romulan and the yeah. Taushiar and Kwatmala and all of that stuff. This has been the exact opposite. opposite. It yeah. has been holding on to secrets for as long as possible. And it just and it's, feels, ah, it feels not enough. weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels convoluted because there's so many things happening at once. So it's like, well, which the- eventually I'm just stop caring about what you think is cool and start mm-hmm. creating my own little world. We just created our own predictions and our own stories <laughs> which that has been fun. sometimes oh have come true. Can we talk about that? Yeah. I'm Go. a little like I'm a little nervous because this is this is when the predictions come. This is it. Uh-huh. This have, is where this our is final it. predictions hopefully lock in. We get to get find out who the Queen really is, right? <laughs> Possibly. I'm oh still, my god! If they don't, we better do. Oh my god! We will. If they don't, I'm sure we will. If they don't show if they don't, her face, we end the podcast. <laughs> I will come back into the studio after the show and be like, I'm fucking done. I quit. <laughs> Nothing. Um, so this episode is called Farewell. Okay, I really won't. I, I like doing it. Thank you, Danae. Appreciate it. The crew, the crew just like froze for a second and they were just ready to abandon ship and I'm they just, just the turned ambassador. off the self-destruct. You know what, though? The ambassador- You've become an integral part of the crew, ambassador. Really? So if I go out to the crew and- You'll get like, everyone will be lined up along the corridors Stop as you go it. to the transporter Stop room. Stop it, that's a dream. Stop it. And everyone it. will like turn and salute. Stop it! Do, if that happens- do, <gasps> do, 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 do. Sorry, I'm thinking of Spock. Sorry. You didn't die. I'm Spock-like? No, it was Amazing Grace. They they sing Amazing Grace when he gets jettisoned into space. Why do they jettison him into space? Remember, he dies. Why? Well, because they have to revive him so that they can go and rescue the whales. What the fuck are you talking about? I just summarized three films into one sentence. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I'm not exaggerating. I did. Oh no! <laughs> Spock dies so that they can revive him and get the whales. That's it. Ratha Khan search for Spock oh, voyage shit. home. Okay, listen. Okay, listen. <clears throat> yes. We got to go in there. We got to watch this. Yeah. And we, and we got to wrap this up. Yeah. Um. Let's go. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So, if there's not a crew lining the hallway on our way to go watch this Aaron, thing, I'm. Aaron, <laughs> how quick can you get your kids together <laughs> in uniform, <laughs> like we like we planned? <laughs> Wait, we have uniform. Uh, they do. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> okay. With that, let's head to. Let's just recap real quick before we start. When last we left off, last episode, Borg Queen slash Agnes flew away in the ship. Yep, they're gone. And everyone else. Except for Elnor, who might be in like a little device we don't know, mm-hmm. uh, is going back to Renee. Yeah, to the Europa mission because that's where they're guessing Sung is going. Okay. So I guess it's two to beam to the Europa oh. mission. Okay. Woo. Okay. Two to beam to Europa mission. Hey, isn't the Europa one of the moons of Jupiter? Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the idea. That's where they're going. Oh, is that's it? That's where they get the microbe from. Well, let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. I love Jupiter. Jupiter's my favorite planet. Did you know? Yes. Tell me more about Jupiter and how much you love it. That's so cool. It's so big. Saturn is my favorite. Why? Because of the rings. But they're going to be going away over time. I'll be dead. I'll be gone away first. Yes. Yes. They really are pretty. No, I love Jupiter because it reminds me of a layer cake. Mm, Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And it also reminds me of Jasper. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, I love gemstones, mm-hmm. and there's gemstones that are like picture Jasper, where mm-hmm. you just cut a piece of the stone out and it looks like its own little yeah. image. Little and Jupiter. No matter what you're looking at, Jupiter, there's like always something to look at. And then it has the eye, the storm, it's just constantly swirling. Oh, it's, it's the size of it. Like, Jupiter is nearly a sun. That's how big huge. Jupiter is. I know. It's so cool. So, I'm all for going to Europa because it's like front row seat. Yeah, it is. Let's have a look at the gas giant. Okay, with that, we will see you guys for a full debrief and 10 forward after we have watched episode 10 of season 2 of Star Trek Picard. Farewell, computer. Toot beam to Europa. Actually, override that. Toot beam to Saturn. Oh, shit. Welcome to 10 forward, the part of the show where we grab something from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched. Most important question first, have you ever spent 10 hours creating a trailer for a season three of your show? Yes, I have. <laughs> yes, really? <laughs> Seems odd. Seems like an odd choice. No, 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 I haven't. But I do think I would spend 10 hours creating like the perfect recipe, something to come out of the replicator. What would I spend 10 hours making? Maybe like the perfect dessert where it has to like be created part in like multiple parts. Like a creme and, like, brulee? Like, yeah, like, you have to like enough? put it in the refrigerator and like let the first part cool and then bring out the next day and add the next layers and then put it back in the back and forth and back and forth and then like after 10 hours you can finally consume it and it's like a... Like a layer, layer cake? Jupiter. Thing. Pineapple. It's Jupiter, but it's it, the one that has the coffee in it. Jupiter, a Jupiter coffee cake. Yeah, but yeah what, I know them well. But what, what's it called? Yeah, it's one of those. It's, it's like the trilogy, but it's not. It's like the, it's not what? No, no, no. It's, it's the who? It's the one that's the coffee. It's made with coffee, the layered little thing. Coffee cake. No. Oh, tiramisu. That's what it is. Good. How did I get there from that? It's Jupiter Masu. Yeah, Tiramisu. It's Jupiter Masu. Yeah, so 10 hour Jupiter Masu. Good. Right. Well, <laughs> this so this week things start wrapping up as the Europa mission begins to launch. Um, the wrapping cr- up or unraveling? Unraveling as well. Um, the crew go to intercept um, Adam Sung, make sure Renee gets on the flight. And There's a drone then, chase. 
So there's backup plans that are actually the main plan, and then they settle down to get ready for a life in the past, or do they? Overall thoughts on... So I guess this week what we'll do, we'll do overall thoughts, we'll do the episode itself, we'll do how we feel about it, and then at the end of the episode we'll talk about the... Our predictions. The predictions, and what came true, what didn't come true. It did exactly what you said it was going to do. Yep. Um, Sure did. (laughs) Sure did. We spent the least amount of time on the ship at the end. Yep. Um, and it was just going around and putting little little cherry on top. Mm-hmm. You know, the saying the cherry on top. Only like it's a really strange looking dessert. And it's just someone's like, you know what this needs? You know what this needs? It needs a cherry on top. That'll just make everyone <laughs> think that it's delicious. It looks pretty. When really, <clears throat> if you start to dig into it, I don't know. There's so many different things that they wrapped up or uh-huh. thought to wrap up here yeah so it's just like a little it, it's the lord of the rings ending where we're uh-huh. just revisiting every character to make sure that we have the peace of mind to know where everybody is at the end yep. we had seven endings and a setup for season three essentially um so much to wrap up i'm glad don't forget the birth of the new warpy thingy the transport conduit yeah cool so yeah i mean <laughs> oh, that was so casual you're so yeah oh, i'm no. sorry oh it was, no it wasn't a bad finale. It was a Expected. efficient finale. If you could put all, staying on the food metaphor, if you can put all of your food into a pill and take all of your meals in pill form and it will fill you up, it's exactly what this was. It did the job. It filled me up. It told me, it wrapped up this season. The problem is I'm not super interested in the vast majority of what this season unwrapped for me or had hidden. And it didn't do anything that we didn't expect. There were no surprises no. in this. Zero surprises. Wait, hold on. I didn't expect to see Wesley. Okay, one surprise. Um, let's jump into that. I was, I am so pissed off because for three weeks running, and nobody will ever believe this, I had in my notes mention Wesley and the Travelers because it's a possible option that the Watcher was Wesley or a Traveler. Why, um, why would it be Wesley? Because they're omnipotent. Oh, you don't know this, do you? Right, okay, so quick little bit of history. Wesley doesn't actually, he goes to Starfleet Academy for a little while eventually, um, but there's a being that takes an interest in him in season one and says that he is time sensitive, he perceives time differently, he's a bit of a prodigy. So in like season six or seven, he comes back and they wrap up his story and this traveller alien takes Wesley with him on an adventure and Wesley transcends and because no, it's willing. Oh, um, Wesley has lost his way. He doesn't really believe in Starfleet. He doesn't. He hasn't lived. He's lived up to his potential and kind of exceeded it. And nothing is fulfilling. And he's a bit depressed, Poor which Wesley. is a bit odd. Um, I, I get it though. <clears throat> but anyway, he is that how you feel? <laughs> yeah, I'm so such a misunderstood genius. Uh, oh, no. He's he transcends and goes off into the future, and we never see him again um, until now. Until now. So there's loads of books written about what he does next, but they're not technically canon. Right. And then Wesley just goes and turns up now, and he's been in charge of, or the Travellers have been in charge of the Supervisors, um, which I love. I love that as an explanation. It makes all of the really sense. But you're just really frustrated that you didn't actually say it out loud already, because it's been in your yes. notes, it's been in your mind, but I, we just haven't, you haven't said it out loud. When they said the Supervisors were the Watchers, I was like, okay, that's it. And I deleted the note. So... Technically, I predicted this in episode four. Well, we can just have one of the engineers scrub the computer files and find the original entry log 
Um, oh, I can totally do that. I can totally like re-edit episode four with an extra <laughs> prediction in it and just change history. Okay, so you guys go back to uh, and like episode four. There's this weird like cut of noise. Like yes. Also, Wesley the Traveler. <laughs> and just like <laughs> Wesley will appear in the finale and take Kari. <laughs> we just go back to the whole season and interject. Honestly, it does sometimes seem as though. That we do that because we have some really solid predictions. Hundred percent. I had course, a couple this week. Some of them we have better alternatives, and they don't come true. Uh uh-huh. So I think we'll save that for the predictions. I'm so bummed about a couple. So things. bummed. Oh. Some some of the directions they didn't go were were interesting. Um. So yeah, episode opens up with for some reason explaining the bullet ho- holes in the house. Like they felt the need to explain that all of the the shooting that the Borg did were bullet holes that were already there and his mother told him about them and that somehow hints that they're on the right path. I was like, that was weird yeah, and unnecessary. It was very specific. I thought it was strange coming from... Well, it was. it's addressing the fact that if, if everything <clears throat> is in... If we are in our timeline, which, by the way, we now know for sure... We are. We are. Yeah. Which is, I think, something frustrating for you, but... The idea is that everything that has had to happen was always going to happen. Was always going to happen. Yeah, it was the only way it could it could work out. And it's my most frustrating type of time travel because nothing matters. Um, yeah. So Picard makes an interesting choice when they're planning to jump into the transporter with Laris. Um, not Laris. Not Laris, because he's figured that the plan here that not Laris has is to take the place of Renee with the holographic thing. And let Soong kill her so that Renee can go on to the mission. And it leads into this big speech about, I'm not yours to save Picard. You don't have to be um, the our Lord and Saviour Jean-Luc. Like, this isn't on you. This is my choice if I want to risk my life. Um, and that's what it leads to. And it wraps that story up so fucking quickly. I know they have to because we need to get back to the future. But yeah, it's it's pretty much what we suspected that Sung will give up on his mission because he thinks he's killed Renee, but it's actually not Renee. And um, we just didn't make the leap that it was going to be Laris, not Laris. That it was going to be not not Laris. That it wasn't not going to be not Laris. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Renee goes off on the mission, and Data's um, Sung's pissed off. That kind of resolves that, doesn't it? Like it was done so quick, and the backup plan with the drones was purely because we don't know what to do with the crew, so let's give them a backup plan to deal with. And I, I, I just felt no tension when the drones were destroyed. Because if that was the backup plan, why did they launch? That's not the backup plan. That was the plan. Well, there's a whole bunch of confusing things there. You know, like, just get me a wrench and a hammer and a scissors. And, and I'm going to figure out how. And they're just boop-bopping buttons in, a t- mm. in, in the 21st century when they shouldn't remember or know how to do anything. They've been having trouble with our technology this whole time. So it just, to me, seemed like a really... It's one of those moments where it's like, we've got to defuse the bomb, and you know that the bomb's not going to go off, so you don't really feel tension because there's nothing at stake, really. Mm-hmm. Like, you, there's just no way that they're going to kill I, the three I felt, of these people. Yeah. So it's just. I felt no joy. I felt no oomph. Yay, Rios did it. It was. In, in those scenes. We need them to do something. Yeah, in those scenes, I'm looking at, at how the bombs are made, and I'm looking at all the cool stuff that, the, that the, um, the set builders created, and the props people, and the props department, and the yeah. lighting, and how everything is looking. It, like, it looks so badass. It's so fun. These drones are cool, and the mm-hmm. setup is cool, and it gives. Ria something to pilot for a moment and it kind of gives them all a way to you know like band together and i understand that that's um, uh, important but yeah that was a a non not really a tense scene 
No. And and it wasn't really a tense scene either with um not Laris and Picard because I know it's not Laris. <laughs> exactly. It's it's a character that we have an affinity to because of how she appears and looks. But honestly, I still felt like the gravity of that moment for that character was displayed really well. Mm-hmm. Like the way that she had her speech to Picard before she died and just like her last words were basically like her eyes were so beautiful. Just I love her this person that she's been following. Obsession. Yeah. yeah. And knowing that she got to do something so powerful. It was a really interesting scene. And also, of course, the not Laris character is really hitting home just gonging over our heads. Forgive yourself, Picard, because you deserve love too. And it's just mm-hmm. like this bong, 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 bong. And also, stop being arrogant. You don't have to save the galaxy. It's yeah. all right to let some things go. And I really liked that too. Like, I don't need saving. She, hey, I love she, that. Like, this is my yeah. power to give. Yeah, you, you can't save everyone. Uh, you've saved hundreds of planets through your grief. Like, you don't need to keep doing mm-hmm. what you're doing and sacrificing yourself. I, I just, I think that now, if I look back on TNG, and as you and I have been watching a few TNG episodes, this is giving me a different lens for the Picard character. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Um, and I'm going to continue to kind of have this really mm. interesting juxtaposition of going like, oh, so Picard is kind of haunted and he won't let himself love because he's going to sacrifice his own needs for others all the time. Yeah. Whether he, because he feels like he doesn't need to love his own personal needs, it or yeah. whatever mm-hmm. and they're really just smashing those walls down and the, my prediction was true on that one i got that one right out of the mm-hmm. bit like, this is a love story that oh, they're yes. just trying to make sure that picard has the love and doesn't die alone yeah exactly and i don't think the season over it doesn't take anything away from tng at all there's nothing here that breaks other than when he first meets Guinan. there's nothing here that kind of breaks canon and breaks the story and harms how you watch tng it's just a it's an it is an extra layer, and it's not necessarily a layer that I wanted to dedicate 10 episodes to. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was an interesting kind of moment. Then it's like, okay, that's done now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Picard is back with his crew. Well, before that, what I did, my first like thought with the Renee speech was, poor Renee, she has to accept so, so much. Like this strange speech from Picard, now this overwhelming speech from Laris, and now go into space and deal with that. Oh yeah, I wrote down. She has to go through so much. I wrote down. Oh oh yeah, and then like not Laris brings up her mother's death. Okay, oh, this is what I wrote. Down. Okay, so this is the emotional conversation that you want to have before launch. Yeah, really. You've been worried about her mental state this entire time and her ability to kind of handle the depth of all of this. Um, and this is <laughs> this is the conversation that you're going to have with her. But I guess she had to kind of find a way to mm. prove that she's been there all along so that she trusts her. Yeah. And I found it really interesting. I found it to be an interesting scene. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I actually, I, genuinely, I really liked that interaction. It's just, bless her. Like, Renee isn't given enough to do. We don't, there's a lot of talking at Renee. We don't actually get a lot of response from Renee. We don't get a lot of processing and not a lot of characterization from her other than she's anxious. Like, that's her defining character. I did thing. enjoy that in this scene, she didn't accept that not Laris was who she was saying. She's mm-hmm. like, bullshit, that's not who you are. And she immediately calls it out. She's like, I know every single person. Who are you? Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah, really yeah. enjoyed that it wasn't a, yeah, I'll go along with whatever that you plan say. Was random never gonna person. Work. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That she kind of stood her ground, mm. uh, her ground there. So, I mean, that gets wrapped up so quick. And then 
um we see sung left back um at his um at his house he's trashed it or the the rest of the crew have trashed it um this is where Corey kari swoops in i can't i don't know what her name is i'm sure brent spiner says Corey. i've heard other people say kari i don't know maybe just the accent we just anyway colored not soji not soji which is not, not even dodge. her no it's soji dodge so no, soji sadaji um sarge um is now in a library hacking in and deleting all of the files so that he can't complete his work which and this is just man slapping us in the face with things because this forces him to reach for his backup project which is project khan confused looks all around the room for those of us who know the word Khan, uh-huh. but don't have any context. Yeah, so what does the the name Khan mean to you in Star Trek terms? What do you remember? Naked chest. Yes. Vest. Yes. Wild hair. Yes. Screaming Khan. Khan! Exactly. So That's it. I don't know who this person is. I don't know why he's interesting. So, I don't know how it relates to the world of Star Trek. Really, really brief history. In the original series, Captain Kirk finds a ship um, that's about... 200 years old and it comes from the 1990s but apparently we're retconning that to make it 20 somethings um and it's a ship filled with superhumans and they've been bred to be the peak they are muscular they're intelligent but they're humanoid they are completely human but they've been genetically engineered to be the peak of humans but the problem is they take over the world and start world war three so when world war three ends or the eugenics wars ends or whatever it is they send them into space to say, like, we, we can't kill you, but we're going to send you away. We're going to freeze you and send you into space so that you can't do this ever again. And their leader well, was called Khan. It's how we deal with our trash. We oh, just we send dump it, it in space. the ocean. Yeah, uh-huh. this is exactly okay, the okay. same. What the um, whales deal with this? With the, whale, the whales can eat them or not. Um, so we're now led to believe that the next thing that Sung works on is the Khan project. Well, do you think that it's the start of the Khan project or a continuation of the Khan project? It could project? be a continuation. Exactly. It could be a continuation from the 90s. It might be something started in the 90s and then was shelved and then is now you getting picked up. It but back. it's like we can't leave Sung alone. It, it, we have to know what he's doing next, what his son is going to do next, and how it it's going to lead on to, to yeah. eventually becoming data. And I think it's partly a, 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 a little bit of an explanation because Khan's full name is Khan Noonien Singh. And Day, the guy, the, the Sung that creates data is called Noonien Sung. So I, Noonien Sung. So I think it's to link the all of the together. names together and just forever entwine data's legacy with the history of Star Trek. But uh, anyway, it was just a little Easter egg. Okay, cool. But man, to go from that and then straight into Wesley, I was like, good gravy, you are chucking. Let's pack as many like yeah. references as possible. This is like Spider-Man No Way Home. Let's put in as many Star Trek characters as we can. That's what I'm saying. Have you ever been to a so sushi much. bar? I know we use food More food analogies. again. Bring it on. Listen, I'm always hungry when we do yes. this show. Have you ever been to a sushi bar where they have like the water canal and then they have like the little sushi boat? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then, then you just kind of float what by. Yeah. It's like a fast-paced one of those where something goes by you're like, oh, that was interesting. What was that? Oh, it's that gone. Little po- yeah, it's no, exactly. yeah. gone. <laughs> oh, I like that. No, it's gone. No. <laughs> and then okay. there's just little Bye. cherries on them and you're like, why? Yes. Why are there cherries on everything? In the same breath. It was fantastically epic to see Wesley on screen. And, oh, yeah. Um, Will Wheaton is such a fucking troll. So he um, he basically said, I'm not going to be in season three. They haven't asked me to come back and play in season three. So he writes, however, this is, what, this is how the scene would go. And he wrote 
the first three pages of a script, which was him appearing in Picard's ready room, to, or no, in his chateau, and talking and reminiscing. And we get the first three pages of that. And we're like, oh, he's definitely not in Star Trek, because they wouldn't let him write that if he was. And then the motherfucker appears in this episode. Um, it, w- it was nice. It just does not belong. <laughs> it, just, it just didn't... No, but it wraps, but it needs to happen. It be- needs to happen because but it's because not Soji is just out there in the world and in- yeah, have to do something with her. If they if they didn't touch on that, that's mm-hmm. a big thing. Is like what yes. happened to this genetically engineered uh-huh. person? It just happened earlier, or like I, I'm hundred percent better. with you. It this- didn't need to be in the finale. No, no. It just it's all of these disjointed pieces yes. that come. Like Wesley, take this opportunity to say hello to Picard. You just. You well, would. it seems like maybe he could just pop back over anytime he wants to, but he knows that there's not time. There's like, it's important to mm. step in and step out. And he must know as an observer, I'm guessing, well, as a traveler, they're basically that they're kind of like Q. So yeah. he must know. He's like, you know what? Picard's kind of busy right now. Yeah, I guess so. fucked with Q. And maybe he will appear in season Which three. Which we're going to have to talk about Q at some point. I don't know if I'm ready um, just yet. But. Okay. I mean, the the next part is, like, that is resolved super duper duper quickly. Yeah, they beam out. And then we go into, I mean, I don't know where they're beaming to. I guess a ship. Because the travellers don't need to beam. They well, they just, beamed somewhere. They beamed that somewhere. That was definitely so maybe, a beam. It wasn't even a traveller no, shushu thing. Like, I figured it was going to be one beam. of those, like, uh, the cloud things. The cloud door. No, that was like the Enterprise transporter effect. It was crazy. It was very so, confusing, because that was like, oh, knows? we're shipping it. Oh, right. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, the next bit is a very, very sweet scene between Picard and, well, I mean, the crew are admitting that they're going to have to spend their lives in this century and they talk about that a little bit. And, um... Can we talk about something before we get there? Of course, yeah, before Q and Picard. Because I missed something or I need help with something or this Mm -hmm. is a, this is a resistance. Yeah. So I don't know what this is, but it's going to happen here because when we, uh, we're talking about the, everybody's being, is back at the chateau? Yes, correct. Okay. When they teleport... When Laris, not Laris, teleports them at the beginning of the show from yeah. France uh-huh. to her apartment, <clears throat> wherever that is. In San Francisco. In San Francisco. Mm-hmm. The mom and son. Sorry, LA. LA. Okay, that makes more sense. I was like, okay, sure. No, it's LA. Whatever. Sorry. I'm just going to, honestly, I would the believe one, anything that you said. This the point. one with the whales is in San Francisco. Picard is in LA. You could have sent, you could have sent, like, said the Germany. Ozarks. Like, yeah, you, yeah I, I don't. <laughs> so when they get to her, not Laris apartment, which is where the son and the mom had been after the Chilling son was out. traumatized yes. after the Borg attack. Yes. They're not there. No. They all grab their weaponry and they zip out. Yep. Half goes over to Dr. Soong's. Picard yep. goes to be with not Laris when she died. Mm-hmm. Okay, then they all... Reconvene at the chateau. Meet back in the chateau. Yep. But now the mom and the son are there. Yeah. They got picked up. We're just assuming that that happened <clears throat> at some point. Uh, we, we have to. Yeah. We ha- well, yeah. We didn't see it. There wasn't. I didn't no. miss anything. No, you didn't miss anything. So Seven okay. slash Rafi slash Rios has one of the little. They now have two transporter beacons, which is great. Picard takes not Laris's, and Rafi is given one so that they can all reconvene and they can transport wherever they I want. I guess wherever they want. They get to it. They're the really How fast horses from powerful. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just get wherever they want to be. Look uh, for me at the, at the east when the sun rises. Yeah, on the on second the third, day, third day. Third day. Uh, there we go. Um, but the you know, highlight of the episode for me was, I mean, we we guessed what Q's plan was going to be, but it was a very, very sweet conversation between Q and Picard. So Picard, essentially, he takes the key, which I no- don't remember how they got. I know it was last episode, but it didn't, was it just on the floor um, somewhere? They found it. He found it on the floor. Probably. And in it the... triggered something in the basement. 
Was it in the basement that he found it? Underground, I think, because that's when they were getting chased. Or it was a it's a skeleton key that unlocks all the doors. So he anyway, he found it and it helped them to escape. And now he has to make the choice to hide it where his future self will find it. So he can make that choice. I if I don't hide the key here, I'm never able to save my mum. Sorry. And by save I can save my mean... I can save my mum by not acting. If I hide the key here, I unlock the door and she hangs herself. And that's that seems to be the pivot point, that if he does that, he becomes a dictator in the new nasty future that's created by Sung. But he chooses to stay, to be the man that he... It's exactly the same as the episode Tapestry. He chooses to stay with the same choice. I will take the knife to the heart to be the man that I know I'm going to be and live with the trauma. And the fact that he is now aware of the trauma will allow him to love as an 80-year-old goblin. Goblin? Gremlin? Goblin. What's the word? What? Gollum. <laughs> Gollum. Yes, Gollum. I was very conf- confused. I was like, he's a gremlin now? Yeah, gremlin. Sorry, don't feed him after midnight. <laughs> he's a goblin? Uh-huh. What, what, what are we talking about? So the, the, the gist of Q's plan is I'm very aware that I'm now going to die alone because I've been a bastard my whole life. I don't want the same for your final years. So I can't change your past because it will change all of history, all of your history and the Federation and whatnot. But what I can do is make sure that your last 10, 20 years in the universe will give you the potential to love somebody so that you don't die alone. That's the plan. My confusion, we're going to talk about Q here, my confusion comes into the Borg situation back in the regular timeline. Because the idea is that his life would have ended there with everyone else. Um, Because unless he has a revelation about that song and has the memories of going back in time, Uh none of that would have gone on. There is one... Okay, so there's two possibilities. Agnes is playing... The song, no, no regrets. The French song, no regrets. The Inception song. The Inception song. (laughs) Now, Picard just says that that is what calmed him when he was a child. What calmed him when he was a child. However, he wouldn't have made that leap unless he knew that was Agnes. Mm -hmm. So I think, and Agnes was on the ship with them when all this kicked off as yes. his officer. So yes. there's no way that he would have known that Agnes was the Borg no, Queen unless he had gone it, back in all. time to this moment. Exactly. Which means that this was always going to happen. This right? is always going to happen. Q- or this is when it ends. Yeah, no, it's always going to happen. So, and that's, this type of time travel is dumb. It was always going to happen. So Q was always going to step in. Q was always going to do this. And I think it's that circular thing. You can never know. Like the, they were never, they were never going to explode. This was never not going to happen because if they don't go back in time, there's no Queen Agnes, which means that there's no right. attack, which means there's no explosion. So, so this was always going to happen. So, so what Q is saying is that this was always going to happen, but either you guys explode here or for some reason you don't explode here, but you go on to live your life. You're very confused about why Agnes is here in the first place because you no, no time travel was always going to happen. Time travel has to happen or else there's no Borg Agnes. So there was never going to be an explosion, but maybe the future timeline was him dying alone and this exactly. was the moment that he decided to intervene to whatever. Correct. Yeah, whatever, yeah. So he's like, I'm, yeah, this is the time to do it. It's so shaky. It's really, really wobbly and it's this, don't look at time as a linear construct. Time is a soup of timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly stuff. You just have to accept it. Which, you just have to accept whatever. that Rios is going to disappear on the board of the sh- on the on the. Yeah, he's going to disappear in the past. Elnor will be fine um, on the bridge of the ship. He's just going to disappear. Yeah, exactly. And the reason they have to explain Elnor surviving is because if everyone's back to where they started, 
Borg Agnes should also be back to where she started as well as original Agnes. So they have to they have to explain that. Um, so yeah, yeah so th- it is an interesting scene between the two of them. So Picard just to kind of go back and touch on the final finality of that scene. So Picard puts the key back into the wall so that he can find it in the future. Yep. And experience the trauma that turns him into the man that he will become. Correct. He goes into, uh, he hears Q essentially say, good job. He goes mm-hmm. into the uh, greenhouse. And then they have a, a conversation <laughs> back and forth where, <laughs> what, what are you feeling? Oh, man. Q was just, it just, it was, man, I don't care. I loved it. it Q just saying, this was for you. This I know I fucked with you your entire life. It's because I love you. It's almost like a younger brother type of thing. Like, I will torment you because I love you. I know you can torment your younger brother just because they're shits, but um, there is a genuine care where he's taking an interest in Picard, and this is genuinely for him. It's just like, you're my favorite. This is so that you yeah. can have a better end to your life, and I love you, and I'm sorry people died, and so it's still fucked up. It's really, it's really fucked sweet. up, but essentially it's like, so Q has... He's, it's his powers is, is limited. He essentially mm-hmm. knows that he has only maybe one mm. big power one surge big left to go. Yeah. And then Which we predicted. Which we did predict. Yeah. It would be his final act. Um, and he essentially is like, you know, you accepted your fate, you chose who you are and absolved yourself, and perhaps uh you're it's perhaps worth someone else to choose and be loved. Like so perhaps it's like you can be you can choose to be loved by other people now. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. kind of gives this message to him while he's like wearing all black. Um, which I found distracting because on the left shoulder it looked like it was dirty a stain or, something, or something. It was, but weird. it wasn't. What was it? It was embroidered. It was a, it was planets. Oh, was embroidered it? on his? Yeah, it, the way that the light hit it a couple yeah. times, it looked like it was just dirty like a tea stain or, something. or something. Yeah. But whenever uh, I was able to, I was just, I couldn't stop looking at it, mm. and it was just like these tiny little galaxies and planets that were just Aww. sort of sprinkled on his chest. It's like this is what he's gonna die in. Yeah. But yeah, the reveal that it really wasn't that. It was all about forgiveness, but it was about forgiving himself mm-hmm. and absolving himself. Yeah. And that way he wouldn't have to die alone was really, really unexpected. Mm. Yeah. Because I was fe- I was thinking he would be more nefarious than that, but it was yeah, just I like... Thought, I thought so. Uh, it's, he's like, I am my favorite. Yeah. And I just, and get, I wanted to give you a gift before I go kind yeah. of a thing. I want to make sure you don't end up like I am. <clears throat> and the gift that Picard gives back in return is... Look, this is your final act. You're going to send us back to the future, which I think he knew going mm-hmm. into this whole thing that this will be the last thing I do. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to give you a big old hug because you're not alone. I'm going to give you a big cuddle. And it was so good. Oh, so nice. I also really liked that. Like, so Picard, he was like, why, why, why are mm. you doing this? And, and when, when Q was <sighs> explaining stuff and Q said, does it always have to have galactic uh-huh. import? He said, it's just this one you person. matter to me. Even gods have their faith. Yeah, you matter to me. It was so sweet. There's something really powerful in that. And even just how he kind of like touched his, like the, yeah. there, there was like this, this moment of like, I don't know, finality to it. Mm-hmm. That was really, really beautiful. It was re- it's a great end to that relationship. It really is. What would have been really interesting is if they did decide to do this sooner. And I understand maybe wanting to hold on to this beautiful moment for a mm-hmm. while. But if they would have gotten to this moment sooner and then we had time, you know, kind of at the end to set up for whatever is next. But maybe they just that's all season three. And so this mm-hmm. has to be at the end. So I don't know, because that was a really powerful moment, but there really wasn't a lot there. It's like I have a little bit of juice left and mm-hmm. then I'm going to pop you back and then you're done. Yeah. Um, but the way that 
what they had set up in the spaceship and with the Borg mm. and with this event happening in space, you know, that there really wasn't a lot to that that maybe could have gotten further into defining Borg and their place because it just mm-hmm. leaves so many questions unanswered potentially Four forever. Three. Or not. They might not even ever address it. No, this has to be for season three. Has that transport con- conduit and the Borg being the guardians of the gateway, that that's gonna be the setup for season three, I'm almost certain. Um the big thing I'm confused about with Q is why Ren- what's the stuff with Renee? That's exactly it. Like so he was like counseling her and doing his things and He was gonna snap her away. Like he was angry and kind of coming unhinged and Maybe there's a misunderstanding in that somewhere, but there there were a lot of um, red herrings that mm-hmm. they're throwing out to kind of keep yeah. things mysterious. But I wonder upon second watch if it would be like, well, that still doesn't make any sense at all. I still don't think it does because he's giving... Because he, he literally looped in Dr. Soong. <clears throat> yeah, he gives Soong's tools to win. And it seems like Picard wants... Uh, sorry, that Q wants Picard and everybody dead. And, and it's just, a, did you know that this was how it was going to go all along? So you have to set this up, and is then it, is it because you need Doctor Soong to do what he does so that the future not is guaranteed yeah. leaves and becomes exactly. a traveler? Like is that like, that may work? I think that has to be it because he gives not Soji the cure. So it, and the, and then little Ricardo grows up and takes Auntie yeah. Renee's thing uh-huh. and, and fixes the ocean and the sky. So you have this character, this Ricardo child that is obviously influenced by yeah. Rios, who stays behind, just like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so- and the problem with that is it takes away all of Q's agency throughout the series, because everything he was going to do is what always happened and what was always going to be done. There is no, there is no risk from episode one that the future is going to be any different, because all of the things that happened always happened. He said something about it's not the maze, it's how you run it or it's how you get out or something. I can't yeah. remember the quote from earlier, but it's it not just, how you get out. It's, it's, it's how you, yeah, it's it was not, one of the other. I can't remember what it was. Something but there like was, that. It's the journey. The journey, basically. Maybe that's what he said. I don't remember exactly, but like he essentially, I think the idea is that no matter what he did or how mm. he played, set up the maze, yeah. it doesn't really matter how he set up the maze. It's where they end up Yeah. and how they end up getting there. But if it's all going to happen, the only thing that's different is that he forgives himself this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a really strange. All of this is to get to Picard can love. That's it, what it is. It really, really is. And it's confusing as fuck, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, because like I'm, I'm like right now I'm thinking about Laris. So if this was always going to happen and Picard always met not met not Laris. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there would always be this connection to his Laris. <clears throat> what was different about this time that triggered his forgiveness of himself? Like, what happened this time that needed to happen that didn't happen in previous timelines if it's just about love? Like, what what is it? Is it... Well, it hasn't happened yet. So this is just... This isn't to change anything other than Picard's life from this point onwards. That's what I mean. Like, this doesn't change the Picard that we know in TNG. It just means that 80-year-old Picard can love for the next, however, rest of his life so that he doesn't die alone. This is how small Q's change is. Like, this is it. It doesn't change anything other than Picard's future. And maybe the fact that this galactic laser beam thing destroys everybody unless this timeline fuckery happens with Agnes. That's what I was saying earlier, is that, it, that all this has to happen. Anyways, I'm starting to get mad. Because time travel's dumb. 
the the sushi boats need to stop. They're going. They're now accelerating. I, I'm ready to walk out of the restaurant. Oh no! Yeah. You're gonna get a burger. No, no, no! <laughs> I'm never eating food from. Oh wow! Uh, from Paramount again. Oh no! It doesn't bode well. Um. <laughs> so they will get snapped back to the future. We are back in the seconds before the explosion. We get a little bit of a time rewind, and there is no explosion. Picard turns off the auto destruct because he realizes the ball queen in front of him is Agnes and. She wants to do something good. It's not bad. Um, they may they assume. So are you? Yeah. Are you then angry that essentially, quote unquote, I think I was right that her Borg ship has lived in our timeline off somewhere for four hundred years? We don't know. It's still that was the most frustrating thing that isn't clarified. So either Agnes has been either way, her plan failed. So she's been in hiding for all of this time for this moment and was time sensitive enough to know i have to be dormant for 400 years and then but it seems like the event was actually about this like that's when she appeared is when this thing happened Uh uh-huh so maybe she knows that that is why she's being created eventually she finds that out or it could still be what i said is that she had a hundred years with this plan of being nice borg and then gets put into exile somewhere and a new borg queen is made that takes over and does all of the nastiness. We don't know. We may never and know that. that. Frustrates you. Um, me too. Yes. No, it frustrates me, but it frustrates me less than hey, this was the Borg all along. Like uh, the fact that she's she must have been in exile. Then that she has to have been dormant until this moment, and maybe we'll find that out next season. Perhaps I imagine we will. Um, more loose end. Like it, we got to see all of the ships in space, which was fucking cool. Like that sequence of the ships lining Finally. up in formation was fun. That was lots super of enterprises. Fun. The new Excelsior. Yeah, yep. They're all kind of like zipped around in this really cool array, and then like all of their uh, shields harmonize, mm-hmm. and they create like a little shield to protect the people. Now the problem is, it all happens so quick. There's not enough time for me to give a fuck about anything happening. Like this, this galaxy, and just as Q has said, not everything is about the end of the galaxy. This end of the galaxy event that Rafi just turns and says, that's a galactic event. It just happens so quick and is dealt with so quick that we can't give a shit about it. And it seems so. My my big question is, if this is a gateway, this is a tunnel that assumes that somebody is opening the tunnel to get here. So were they just happy to arrive at a galaxy that had just been vaporized by the tunnel they created? Mm-hmm. Like, surely mm-hmm. the idea is to be an invasion fleet of some sort. But if your thing wipes out the quadrant you're invading, what's the point? I'm speculating. We don't know because we don't know what season three is going to be about. But my God, did this all feel like a setup for season three? Ooh, yeah. Which is scary considering the sushi boats are flying by. And if there's more coming, it's just like, oh, no. No, 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 no. I need a break. I need Mm -hmm. a Picard rest because this is a bunch of mind fuckery. Well, we have nine months, which is great to rest and and relax. Um, um, Then we get the final loose ends tied up of Picard meeting up with Guinan, essentially saying, why the fuck didn't you tell me? And Guinan's like, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, I decided to keep that one to myself. But also I've had a picture. I've actually had a picture of Rios right over there. On my fucking bar the whole time. That's kind of fun, though. It, it was fun. Like, I wish it had been, like, in 10 Forward or something. Like, that stuff is really fun if it's been there since day one. 
That was retconned. You know how we were talking about going back through our backlog and inserting our own predictions? Uh-huh. How funny would it be to go back through TNG and then just like superimpose it in the background yes, in different places? Ten forwards, yeah. like, some editor is going to do that in like oh, the 4K so release funny. of TNG. Yes, it'll be that fucking picture please. is in the back the whole time. Yeah. And then there's a picture of Picard and his mom and it's yes, the younger mother. The younger version. And just fixing yeah. it all. It's that's just so kind of funny. fun. And that's one of the things about this whole thing, this whole world, is that there's all these different writers and people kind of sprinkling in their own. If you were if you were to imagine to be at a table with the writing and the, the creators of all of this and you put out an idea, like let's say it was me and you were sitting mm-hmm. down in this room of like 15 people and we throw out an idea for an episode. Every single person would be able to tell you why or why not something would work because of their knowledge. Mm-hmm. And some of it's going to contradict itself. Yeah. And I get that. And that's kind of interesting. But here, kind of in the finale, when everything's just like cl- quickly uh, clipping by, I'm just the hardest part is there's it just seems like there's part of this meal I've been waiting for with mm-hmm. the Q stuff to kind of explain his purpose and what he was doing and, and why. And to make it this thing that I still can't understand. <clears throat> I, it's frustrating. It's like I've been literally waiting this entire season to have a better perspective on like the missing thing like what he's doing which we now know is forgiveness of picard's self so that Mm -hmm. he can love someone else which was my assumption all along but i could not figure out and i still can't figure out how it relates into this going back in time to to keep our normal timeline event and like okay here's a question did seven and rios also remember this time trip yes yeah so they remember elnor kind of remembers and Picard does remember yeah right he remembers okay. being on the ship, and then he doesn't remember dying. That's it. So everybody remembers, which is just... I, I totally get it. Like, if you want to teach this lesson, Q, you didn't have to do time travel for it. I don't understand what... Other than he knows that the future doesn't happen unless they go back in time and make the future happen, that's the only logic that I can well, think what, to it. Like, what I'm saying is, it, you're saying that this hasn't happened yet. Like, this is now the now. What hasn't happened yet. Like, the, what our timeline is now, now. Yes. Okay. And I'm saying that I'm looking at Q as a as a as a creature, seeing whatever would happen next, and Picard never learned to love. So he wants to change that Picard knows how to love right now. Mm-hmm. So he's going to do whatever he did to plant whatever he planted. So yep. that Picard leaves this ship and goes back and is with Laura. So yep. that's what he wants. Yes. So that tells me about future knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like that tells me that yes, this is the now, but it's also making the assumption that he was never going to get there on his own anyway. Um. Yes. What a fucking stupid thing to do. I agree. But it is, but it is the definition guess, of contrived. I guess sometimes people, when they're dying, will push things to happen because they want to see it with their yeah. own eyes. You know, and that happens a lot. One with, big last with humans hurrah. too. It's just, hey, I'm going. I'm leaving this planet. And so even though this is pushing something on you, I want to do this. I want to see you. I want this to happen yeah. before I go because I mm-hmm. want it to exist in my eyes. And I guess I can understand that. Mm-hmm. But wow, it's so confusing to have all these other red herrings and all these other things that you were just making assumptions on the entire thing to just like plop it like it's about love all along. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. <laughs> it's hard to do a really small, sincere story like that when you've initially set the premise up as the future is fucked if you don't get this right. Yeah. Huge, 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 huge galaxy ending premise. Yeah. Boiled down to one emotion about feelings and love. Yeah. It's one one memory. So one thing that you just don't want to think about. Sometimes you can have good juxtapositions like that. This wasn't it for me. I don't know. 
Not maybe, for me. maybe on rewatch, it'll be more interesting knowing what Q's plan is all along. But we'll I see. think it's going to make less sense. I think it's, his swings I'm, are going to be even I'm more confusing. I am worried for that. But we did get that final scene. Um, so yeah, overall, the, episode, the finale was a very safe finale. It wrapped up the ends mainly that we were thinking of. Maybe we wanted some bigger reveals, but they were never... They were never and this is always the problem of doing a season-long thing based on secrets, is that your secrets need to be bloody good if you're going to wait until the finale to reveal them. Something else I will say that was kind of fun was to see Seven take command of the ship. That was <clears throat> pretty fun. cool. Yeah. I liked little field, that. little field promotion. That we, a, just yeah. like Wesley and Menage Troy. Another field promotion. So crazy. So strange the parallels there. Again. Yeah, I can't believe that. Um, mm-hmm. We just watched that and then to see Wesley and to see these similarities. Mm. So crazy. Um, yeah, there. I mean, it's not, it's not all bad. I do like the idea that Picard is more open to family and kind of thinking of them as I more like I get it family. as a direction. I do get it as a direction for the character. Just my goodness, did we take a long time to get there. Um, okay, let's move in to Resistance is Futile. Battle stations, everyone. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV shows without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. We're not going to spend a huge amount of time here because we have a chunky... We want to review the predictions, what came true, what didn't come true. Um, so, Ambassador, give us some of your sins. Um, I want to send myself for not paying more attention at the end when we kind of zoom off of the Picard's mansion. Mm-hmm. You know, so... <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Laris and Picard are, you know, facing each other just outside of the greenhouse. and The light is shining through and it's really beautiful and it was a beautiful setup and we kind of mm-hmm. zoom out. And I just, I wish we would have paused and then pulled up the crash landing from before just to see if there is a swatch of trees that should be there. It did look like there was some missing. Like th- there was yeah. an open path. And I, and I thought, okay, is that where it landed? Because there's no trees there. And I just, I really want confirmation on that. We can go back and have a look. So I'm going to send myself for not going back. For not, for not paying, for not paying closer enough. attention. For not freeze framing. <laughs> I think the trees would have had 400 years to regrow. I, but okay, that's fine. Um, one of my biggest things is the drone B-plot um, backup plan. A, they launch, so it's not a backup plan. This is the plan. He's going to kill Renee and kill the Europa mission. And it was just such a contrived way of keeping them occupied. It just kind of summed up the series of, we need a Mission Impossible bomb to defuse because we need you people to do something while Picard and not Laris are not doing things. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I would send the heck out of that for being... So contrived and impactless. Well, yeah, yeah. It does mean that they have to stay where they are and not join the Europa mission mm-hmm. scene too, yeah. when they potentially could have brought something to help not Laris survive. Yeah. But yeah, that was definitely sinful. Um, Next one. I'm going to send Rios at the beginning. Uh, so right at the opening of the show, they're looking at the bullet holes and Picard's like, this makes sense because we had bullet holes in the future. Mm-hmm. But Rios is the one that's really interested in it. He's like, um, he was super curious if they're on the right path. And this is not the man to be curious if they're on the right path, considering no. all of the stuff that he's been he's doing. He's about to fuck it completely. And of course, the the, the throwaway <clears throat> line that continues to happen is like, what if all of this was meant to happen As if all it's along? okay. Um, so. so Star Trek Four does this with, in order to, in order to get the whales on board, they need to turn a big part of the ship into an aquarium. And so they need to get a ton of perspex in order to do that. So in order to get to the perspex, they 
they go to a company that manufactures big, big, big sheets of Perspex. And Scotty says, I will give you the material formula to make this super duper strong plexiglass that's called transparent aluminium, aluminum, that will be this, this thin and this super powerful. Um, and in exchange, we just need a some, lot of it. We need a lot of it to... to uh, we got a line we of just need, shit. We just need your regular plastic. We need you to not ask questions Don't and ask just questions, make it. But you're going to get this formula for free. That's the exchange. And you're, you're going to be a millionaire because of it. And McCoy says, why? You can't do that. And Scotty just says, yes, but what if he's the man that invented it? How do we know? And what's used as a throwaway line in a, in a funny Star Trek film is the bedrock foundation for this entire season. <laughs> You're it's not ridiculous. Wrong. You are not wrong. <laughs> but then there's still things that are confusing, like when Not Laris just like zoopy boops over to the place and they, they transport in daylight. Yes. Fluffy uh, clouds. In the fluffy cloud transportation kind of thing. And then she just like dons on a suit. Yeah. She walks around in her clothes it's, in a highly secure area without a, without a mask on or anything. We just don't care. And then goes in and puts on a suit that perfectly fits her. And it's just, it's so convenient. So we need Laris to get there. We're assuming that all along that was supposed to happen. And, you know, that, yep. that is their bedrock. It's so, it's so that is contrived. We need to get them from A to B. I'm not saying you have to spend a lot of time on it, but you're going to get sinned for not spending any time on it. Um, I'm. This is a Star Trek sin in general. I am fed up of people jumping into transporter beams. You will get fucked up or turned into an amalgamation of a creature. Like, how does Picard know that jumping in at the last second isn't going to cause him to lose an arm? Like, the timing that you have to do on that is ridiculous. Like, it just you should bounce off of it. You shouldn't be able to jump in last second. It's super risky. It's super super risky. Um. So. Not Laura said something early on about not only she said, I'm only able to use this feature once a day. Oh, once every eight hours. It takes eight hours to recharge. So she has to do this to cover her ears. Yep. So her ears are currently covered yep. when she says that, but then she can put on a new face mask. Yep. So that just seems I, I, I'm, I would instantly need, like it seems so obvious we must be wrong, but it does seem she like, said she can only do it like once a day. Yeah. And I, because we were like, oh, like that's like a spell component for D and D. It's such like a D and D spell. Mm -hmm. Once every eight hours, you can alter image. It's crazy. It's absolutely bonkers that she has human ears when she's like, yeah, I'm gonna go replace my face, become somebody else. Surgically alter them. Like the travelers can just do that. Surely, I don't know. It's it's odd that the travelers have all of this power and yet rely on technology to change her ears. But then the ear, but in her, if her ears are already changed, she doesn't have enough juice to change her face to become Correct. Renee. Yeah. <sighs> yes, it is frustrating. Um, Renee being so accepting would be a sin. I know she's given some proof that not Laris was there all along, but we just have so little to go on with Renee, and she's just fine with it. She doesn't freak out. She doesn't abort the mission. It's just, let's go, people, on the wings of the people that came before us. Also, what are we doing with not Lars's body? <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> you know, did Picard just, Fuck it. you know, cloud port out of there Bury with a it. dead body? Yeah, and, and must just have done. TBD for later, like mm -hmm. put a little pin in it. We'll figure out what to do with that later. Yeah, it's fine. It's the, fine. The remains of a Romulan mm -hmm. in 2024, no big deal. No big deal. It's fine. 
I think I would send the idea that sometimes a really powerful being shows up and it's like, okay, I'm going to give you a choice. I really liked the scene a, a lot, by the way, because Wesley was so like, I, I genuinely I liked it. I have to be very it. careful. Yes. Because I told a joke once and it destroyed nations. So <laughs> I can't, I'm very particular about what I say. Uh-huh. And and then like she starts talking, he's like, I'm not quite done yet. There's like this very particular thing to do. And the way that he's delivering it with such joy and passion was really fun to watch. We were watching essentially Will Wheaton there. We Just, weren't really watching yeah. Wesley Crusher. Oh, it was great. It was great. Yeah. So um, but he gives a choice to not Soji. He says, uh, you have a path in front of you. One is a normal life, and the second leads to everything else. The chance for purpose and meaning. Mm -hmm. I cannot guarantee your safety. When a being appears to you and gives you a path and says one is normal, but one has purpose. What? How, how would a normal life not have purpose? Could could not Soji not find purpose in her normal life? It's crazy. The the idea is that you are not trying to persuade them in one way, and yet you're giving just enough detail on that second one. How are they not going to take the bait on that? Totally loading it. Like, you because can... you can't you can't guarantee safety in a normal life. No, you get hit by a not. fucking bus. Yes. You know? You can have a, a normal life for the next year, but you get hit by a bus. Exactly. But it's normal. But That's it's normal. Great. However, come and have a million dollars. I feel like the idea is like, I can't guarantee your safety. Well, if you could guarantee my safety, meaning like I'm not going to be hurt or harmed for the rest of my normal life, and I could find my own new purpose in that, yeah. I might go with option one. If the idea is that I'm safe forever. He's definitely like, stacking the deck here. Yeah, and that's the sin, right? The sin yeah. is that you're supposed to be this kind of like neutral party, but you're like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, choose option two, because we're going to beam out. Uh-huh. Yeah, which is kind of how Wesley was recruited as well. It was kind of like, all of these people are going to die, but they'll be fine if you come with me. Well, I guess I'm coming with you then. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also send the the scene where Picard goes to the, the door mm -hmm. because okay. that wall and that door were in pristine. Yeah, they like, seemed new. Really, they? really pristine. Like yeah. this is a scene that we're gonna just put in later, and we haven't thought through the fact that the, the chateau is in ruins right yes. now, and especially after the Borg attack. That whole part, like the door, was perfectly white and pristine. I don't know mm -hmm. if it was meant to be like his imagination remembering it that way. Maybe it was supposed to be like more artfully interpreted. I don't know. Mm. But it was like fresh paint. Fresh. It did so, look jarring, didn't it? It was very, in very fact, different. In daylight, the entire place looked in really good nick, didn't it? That particular wing did. Yes. Now, when they went back downstairs, it was, you know, in disarray yeah. again. Um, where, where are all the Borg bodies? And what are you going to do with the Borg bodies? Just because they're littered everywhere. Borgs. Yeah. What should be happening in the future with this vineyard is that really strangely things just start to appear. Oh have my ever, goodness. Have you ever seen like those stories where like a wedding ring is found on a carrot years later because right. you're gardening and you lost your ring and then it shows up in a carrot later because it was underground? <laughs> no, have that's you, so Those funny. are real stories. Of, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, people out there in the garden, something falls off and then years in the line when something grows out of that's the ground, amazing. up comes this ring with around, it. you know, a carrot or whatever. So just imagine down the line, the vineyard is just littered with like Borg. Borg. <laughs> <laughs> just assimilated plants. Like, oh my God. This? Oh my God. Subplot. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm ready. Picard's wine, this famous yes. wine. Oh my goodness. Is actually delivering tiny little nanobites oh, no. to everyone. So It could happen. So anyone who's drank the wine could be technically Borg. A man now doesn't he feel guilty. 
You should have gotten rid of the bodies. You really should. I can only imagine maybe Q snaps them away, but... He had. Well, he doesn't have a lot of juice, though. He had to trade Rios for Elnor. Like, that's how on the line his yeah. amount of energy was. Yeah, what we really should have seen was them dragging bodies into a big pile and stripping things off and, like, yeah. you know, getting... Because like, they collect the tricorders, the com badges, mm -hmm. the phases. They make an effort yeah. to do that. Yeah. But ignore the ball. Somewhere on that property, after all of the years of war that have been on that property, yeah. is also... A ton of Borg. I think I'm going to send Rios staying behind. Well, yes. Uh, we've talked about it a lot, but now we know it actually happened. And okay, sure, fine. That was his choice. And yes, he's right. He was on a ship and he was just hanging out with the like holographic versions of himself. And yes, that's not a great life. But he says at the end, Picard, you helped me come alive and you're my family. It's like, and then you're also leaving him behind. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's, I've, I've taken all of this time to find a family and I've now found it. And now I'm going to leave it behind because this family is going to have sex with me. Like this, <laughs> this new family I get to and have then, a boner with. And then he ends up dying in a bar fight. Which I kind of get. I didn't like it, but I get it. It's just a random <laughs> death. But just, I hope I he was know. old enough. I hope it wasn't like next week. Like she dies of an old age and he dies in a bar fight to get medical supplies. Yeah. Which you got to guess maybe he's 50, 60 when that happens at most. It's just wild to me to think that like they're doing all this stuff and i don't know it's what you're saying is that you are changing the past to make the future you know what i wanted to see them do i wanted to see them tie them into this whole thing that happened do you remember when they're in that area where there was that at the very beginning when we thought he was going to the detention center the bell riots yeah sanctuary I, districts. I, I thought they were going to be involved in the bell riots. so did we so did and I say we as the fandom? Most of us thought that's what it was going to be about. Complete sense because yeah. they know how important it is. Yeah, it's integral to, and it's something we know about from the history of Star Trek. Um, baffing to me, absolutely baffing. And yeah, baffing. I just referenced behind the scenes. In yeah, Picard. so baffing Great. is a word from another podcast. <laughs> yep, sorry. <laughs> we know it's baffling. It's baffling, but we, we just shorten it to mm -hmm. baffing. Um, I hope that they would explain why Agnes doesn't call more Borg to give the ship. Like, I guess, are the Borg cubes just really, really, like, rare? What, in the future? Yeah. No, um, like, in the now. <clears throat> what do you mean? In, the, in our now timeline at the end. Right? Yes, which is like, back in the future. I have, no, we're in the now now. <laughs> right, but what year do you mean when you say now now? When the show ends, we're, which in, is the future. we're in the now. For Ian and Danae, it is the future. Oh, yes, in the future. Yeah. Fine. Okay, this is super <laughs> fucking confusing because yeah. we're saying now. Sorry. Uh -huh. In the future. Oh, my God. You know what? Never mind. Janeway wiped out the Borg. So this is the only, th there are this little bits of Borg in the Delta Quadrant, but, but for the most part, th and their transport conduits have been wiped out. So Janeway used their transport conduits oh, right. to yep. get to the uh -huh. Alpha Quadrant okay. and they blew up behind her. Okay. So I am just now realizing that like new Agnes Borg Queen, who's like, I'm going to be the guardian at the gate is also like, so that I can assimilate whomever comes through and build my army. Potentially. I did like the whole, we want temporary membership in the Federation. I was like, fuck yeah, get the Borg in the Federation. That's awesome. That's such a great progression. That is exactly what Picard would if want. If it does the work. Yeah. If it does the work, it's And this fun. also isn't the Borg that we know. This is the Agnes Borg. We, that we'll and we don't get really explained. know what that means yet. I haven't got a fucking clue. Yeah. Still. Um, I also think I would... Send, now, you're going to tell me something about shields here. <laughs> yes, I probably will. So, at the end, you know, you've got Borg Queen ship... Uh -huh. And you've got like the the Starfleet ships all uh -huh. creating this sort of lens network, to yeah, ne yeah, to to block off this mm -hmm. thing. 
And then we cut down to like the planets. We see how bright it is out in the mm. world. Uh, in, you know, it's pretty kind of cool. I Put like some that. sunglasses on. But that was my question is like, why is everyone not blind? And is it because they have like special things on there? Well, maybe some people are blind. We don't know. <laughs> like genuinely, <laughs> maybe like any any planets within a 10 light year radius are blinded. <laughs> I mean, on the people that side on the, the ship, planet. They're, like, they're right there in front of this oh, event. Oh, no, no, they have lens filters on the, sh- on the ship. So okay, okay, okay. Absolutely. So the view screens aren't windows. I just wrote, I just wrote that's fucking bright in my notes. Yeah, really- <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, the view screens are actually monitors. They're not windows. The ships do have windows, but they're polarized because they fly near suns all the time. <laughs> I just realized that if we were, <laughs> we were going to send this series... We would just every time Elnor gets hurt or or whatever, we would just be like Elnor survives this even though he's dead. Yes, because <laughs> it's oh just God. this whole thing is just an Elnor survives the series. It really is. <laughs> I can't believe that Rafi said you killed Elnor, and Q fucking says who? <laughs> <laughs> you stole our line, you bastard! <laughs> it's so it's as if they've been listening to the show. Oh, and it's like I, I can just hear us saying Boom. Elnor survives this because yes. it's such a burn. Like that's another burn, so we yes. can sin right there that Elnor <laughs> survives this because he technically does at the end. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> just Elnor, who? Oh, I hope that was deliberate. I think I've only got one more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just find it hard to believe that not Laris in the twenty first century. Would mm-hmm. be wearing the same shoes as actual Laris. Oh, was she the same no, exact shoes? No, she was shoes. not. hundred percent. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Good spot. That's a big sin. That'd be ten sins for these shoes. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Great eye. Okay, let's head to our final stop of the season to the captain's ready room to analyze our predictions. Welcome to the Captain's Ready Room, where we're going to review all of the predictions we made for the season and bask in our cue like glory for the ones that came true and expel the season out of the airlock for the ones that they didn't write as well as we predicted. I guess we can just start with Renee not going to the future. Well, we're actually uh... going to start with an email from one of our listeners. This is my favourite type of email. This comes from Aaron, um, and the first two lines are what I love the absolute most. Hey, Ian and Danae. Hi. Hi. Been loving your show from the beginning, even though I'm one of those fans that has never watched Picard <gasps> and has only seen one full episode of TNG. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. What is this show to you? What is it? Like, oh my God. This is so great. You have no context. I assume you've watched some Star Trek, perhaps, or. Or, or I, just a f- very familiar with sci-fi conversations. Yeah, or of you some love kind. cinema sins and you like you like hearing us be bonkers. Oh my god, we love you. We Aww. appreciate you. I genuinely wish I could listen to this show from that perspective. Me like too. This is this would be like me, me listening to an inside baseball podcast and really enjoying and it and really actually enjoying it. So that's awesome. It's awesome. Wow. Anyone else that shares Aaron's story as well, <laughs> we love you. <laughs> what are you doing with your lives? <laughs> You're amazing. Please keep doing it. Um, but Aaron's email goes on to make a very good point. Um, something that's been bugging me throughout. I'm not sure that I've heard it correctly. I know most times when you get an email or Twitter corrections, it's about the law of the show or something, but this is slightly different. In the last few episodes of the podcast, when discussing Q and his powers, Ian has referred to his ability to be all-knowing as omnipotence. However, omnipotence means all-powerful, while omniscient means having omniscience and knowing and all-knowing. So he's an omniscient Cor- No, he no. is omnipotent. The show has never called him omniscient, to my knowledge. So he, he doesn't know He has often been called omnipotent. 
So he is all powerful, but not all knowing. And that is so a. So he doesn't know all the He timelines. doesn't know all of the timelines. He, so that is a great distinction. Now, well, that changes a lot of our conversation. It changes a lot of. It, it I does. feel like it's like so far it's been that Q knows all things, but now yes. he doesn't. But well, he's intelligent. Fuck, now we got to go back to the whole thing. Let's again. just re record all of season two. Oh, here we go. So. But he's intelligent enough to logic through problems. It, at what point does intelligence and all-knowingness... Intelligence is so powerful that you may as well be all-knowing. But it is a very, very good distinction. Um, something I would love the creators of the queue to clarify as well, maybe one day. But thank you for that email, Aaron. It was, it was an absolute joy. Thank you for listening to the show. Heck yeah. So... Um, in terms of our predictions, we're going to roll all the way back to episode one. We're going to whiz through these relatively quickly. Um, our predictions from episode one. Ian, the poor queen is Seven's, is, is Seven's mum, which was a wild swing. Um, or is disfigured for some reason. That's why there is a mask and the identity is being hidden up until that, was that like point. A, that was on episode one. Episode one. Yes. Um, yes. Because I think there was <clears throat> something hinted about Seven's mom being assimilated. Um, at that time because i had just i had so just learned about that i think that was in episode two that we we get a bit more about seven's parents and and whatnot yeah. but this was purely because she wore a mask and i was like there's something hinky about the ball queen wearing a mask i thought that it was the first person i thought it was was seven herself yeah that, that was your prediction it was seven of nine or it's picard's mum or it's picard's beverly mom. <laughs> oh that oh yeah because picard because she was in a lot of the flash flashbacks and stuff. Yes, yeah, and yeah, she yeah. said, "Look up," and we were like, "This is someone personal to Picard." But really, it was Agnes oh, saying, "Look Beverly. up," as her mom's voice, because she knew the voice very well from Correct. him, yeah, and knew that that was important. Mm -hmm. uh, and then started playing music. Beverly would have been a wild hit. Wild but swing. I think we said that as a joke. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Because but... we were talking about how <laughs> she's not coming back to the series. Like you were saying, yeah. like she's, she's not, not in this be. one. Yeah, yeah well, we didn't think she was. So then we joked around about it. Mm -hmm. That's quite funny. So that prediction did morph. As we got to episode three, it morphed into Agnes is going to be the Borg Queen. So I predicted that in episode three, which I think was when that was when we had the line from the Borg Queen of you've done something dangerous. You've yeah. impressed me. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Book. Yeah, I there remember looking at you. We both went, oh, <gasps> fuck. And then, yeah, she wants her. Mm -hmm. um, we both were like, that's Borg Queen, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it, it is. It's Borg mm -hmm. Queen Agnes, isn't it? Isn't it? And we you, got this. Yeah. Nailed it. So, and this is why the kind of. <sighs> Did you think that the reveal at the end of the episode played as a gotcha? Because the way Picard said it was like, isn't that right, Doctor? And then the big reveal. And we all looked at each other and we were just like, what da her? Well, duh. And I don't, I don't know if. I think they knew we'd guessed it. They would have to, wouldn't they? Um, There's no way they thought that was a surprise. No, not at this point. No. Not at this point. Um, we, I mean, there's enough of Agnes. It has to be obvious, right? Yeah, absolutely. I guess the only surprise twist would have been if it looked like the other Boar Queen. That would have somehow, been very strange. Considering that body was yeah. in the cold. Uh-huh. I love the work they did on the makeup for oh, Agnes Queen. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. Nice little merger. Yeah, it, the the headdress part didn't go up as high. Like on the other ones, there's mm -hmm. kind of almost like this real big arc yes. of stuff, and this was more of like a humanoid. It looking. does distinguish it. So yeah, like that. Um, next one from episode one was Q is intervening tapestry style. This is where the timeline comes to an end. The Borg take over because of Picard's decisions. Q is giving them an opportunity to exist in a different timeline they can live on, but they may not like the time in which they live. Is it better to die or live in this tyrannical timeline? Now that didn't really come true. This was just the future that was always going to happen. But it was a tapestry style episode of you have to choose to still be this person. 
Um, the alternate was, it might just be Q fucking with everything and the timeline isn't ending. He's just trying to teach them to appreciate what they have. That's just what Pretty it is. Pretty much what it was. Um, Ian likes the idea of Q wanting to join the Federation because the Borg were invading their dimension and this is Q's backwards way of looking for an alliance. Which would have been fucking cool. <laughs> would have been epic, but no, it had nothing to do with the Borg attacking Q. That was one of my big swings. Um, two Agnes chin quivers per episode. That was a safe bet. Didn't happen. Two what? Agnes chin quivers per episode. Uh, no chin I don't quivers think we at got all? Any. No. She got them all out in season <clears throat> one. Mm-hmm, apparently so. Uh, in the new timeline, they are on Earth that has been devastated, so they have to live under a shield. This has made Starfleet more militant and turned them to martial law and a more brutal authoritarian society. Sort of true. Kind of true, because they don't fix the environment, mm-hmm. which is why they have to live under a shield. And it is one of the reasons that leads. So I kind of got that right in episode one. And we had a really big clue at this time, which was that the big statue was uh, Dr. Totally Soong all along, it. but uh-huh. it was harder to see. It's, it was tricky. They might have gotten closer in a couple shots that we've missed. but They tied that yeah. line. Yeah. Your last prediction was that the stargazer gets destroyed, but the crew is all beamed out at the last second. Not true. Uh, episode three, Ian predicts that the Borg Volva beamed everyone off, to the star- off of the stargazer because the new queen is actually on our side. 50% true, but there was no beaming needed. The new queen is Agnes. Um, the Borg queen is going to try to communicate with the Borg that are currently existing in 2024, the ones that are currently in the Delta Quadrant. She does we don't know. attempt that, but doesn't succeed, and we don't know. We don't know what she does when we she We don't left, know when she, she leaves the ship. I mean, she would have left and went to go figure that out. But we know that it doesn't happen because the future survives, and their mission is actually to be peaceful Borg. Um, but yeah, because they didn't come back and assimilate. Exactly. Seven will want to stay in the past as a human, do some good work in the past. People don't treat her like an ex-Borg here. She's happy to be human. The opposite happens. She's actually happy that she's half Borg again. Did you get that impression? Yes, because she said, I'm better than okay. Because Rafi touches her implant and says, are you sure you're okay with this? And Seven says, I'm better than okay. Because she's alive. Well, yeah. And her leaps are all over the place and never get the airtime to actually ferment. To qualify. No, exactly. <clears throat> the Borg nanoprobes inside Agnes that are going are going to mess her up as time goes on. That was true. Pretty much happens. Uh, the Watcher is Guinan. Wrong. But that was a understandable prediction. Um, Danae's predictions. Danae is having doubts about the explosion of the Stargazer being anything other than just an explosion. Maybe they weren't beamed to safety because everyone's shields would have been up. I'm so annoyed. with. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's fun to listen to these, though, because it's just us trying to figure out where we are. I'm just reliving all of us trying to f- figure out what is going on. Well, and they just didn't give us enough, did they? And then didn't give us a huge give us amount too that much was satisfying. of what we didn't want. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, little Flecks of Red Blood and the opening titles as a reference to little changes in points of the timeline. Maybe it's the Borg polluting the DNA of humans. Nope. nope. Episode four, the Watcher isn't Laris. She just looks like Laris in order to make Picard feel comfortable. Nope. nope. Flakes of blood and nanoprobes and DNA in the opening sequence is linked to a Borg origin story. This is going to be accidentally create the Borg. I 50%. It accidentally creates a Borg. It doesn't accidentally create our Borg, which is disappointing. Uh, episode five, Adam Sung and Corey. This is where I predict that Corey is um, completely invented and not naturally born. She's been created. So a big Correct. pat on the back for that one. Inspirational Picard speech to Rene will happen. Yes, it did. Yeah. In the, the, sure did. Um, at the in gala. The ball. Mm-hmm. Soong's work creates the bad future. So we kind of got that all right. Episode six, more of the crew will stay behind. Rafi, Seven, and Rios. Got Rios, right? 
Um, the nurse and son die in the past so that they can actually end up back in the future with Rios if he doesn't stay behind. Didn't happen. Um, Q went back in time to cause or mess with Picard's trauma. I'll be annoyed if the Picard trauma is totally resolved by the next episode. <laughs> Oops. Um, Danae, Laris's Q would have been interesting, but no. Um, the Borg are wiping out the Q in the future, and nope. he turns to Picard to help save Q. No, Q is the last of the Q. Still unknown. We still don't know. That unknown. silence is unknown. And then your big, big one from last week was Renee. Would have been Ugh. an outstanding and more satisfying future. And w- I Give did us this- a recap what the prediction was. I did this last season too, where I had a really good idea that yeah, didn't happen. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, she's going to be disappointed. Uh, um, yeah, so my prediction was that as Borg Queen Agnes is leaving, she says that there need be two Renees, one needs to survive and one needs to die. So my prediction was that Renee needs to die because, so she goes on this mission and discovers something, but like she actually needs to die, but that our crew would intervene at some point and there would be like a fake death and mm-hmm. that she would actually persist and be taken to the future. <clears throat> Correct. Yeah. To continue the Picard family line. Nope. Nope. Didn't happen. Would have been <laughs> epic. Now, the, my only question is how does the Picard family line continue in the past if that happens? It, a cousin or a sister or a brother or something. Yeah. Would have, it would have cut off it. Yeah. this time. Disappointing. Uh, would have been really fun. Now, for the next part, Danae, to wrap up the show and our season okay. of Picard, okay. you have a choice to make because I don't want to take oh, this is choice. Oh, like a traveler thing? Am I going to be beamed? You've got a choice. Fuck yeah. You've got, you got a choice to I'm make. so excited. I can guarantee you a normal life where you don't think about Picard season three until we come to it. Or, and I can't guarantee your safety or sanity, we can watch the trailer for season three of Picard and then have some thoughts about it and what you think the future is going to be. No preloading, no nothing. I have seen the trailer. Totally up to you. You can stay going in blind or you can watch the trailer. The trailer, spoilery. Without giving too much away, it tells you things. Of course they do. That's what they're designed to do. (laughs) Doesn't tell you anything about this season, but it tells you... Like, I watched it and it didn't spoil anything for this season. So my choices are to have a normal life where I don't know anything about anything or to know things and I don't know how I'm going to react and you can't guarantee my safety. Yeah, and you've got nine months of speculating about what season three fuckery is going to be. How are you going to make me do this with an audience? You know everybody wants me to watch it. I mean, of course, but it's our show. (laughs) Okay, I'll watch it. Okay, a slightly reluctant ambassador is moving back round to her chair, quite happy. I am so happy, but right? I'm also scared, but I'm so mm-hmm. happy. It is just because the entire crew, it has got to have at least one episode of please, fun, right? Can we please, please see our people? <laughs> one last road trip. They have to have a, a ship together where they go Somewhere. on a mission. It has to be just one last send-off. No, no, I don't, I don't care if it's six I episodes can't trust long. Them. I don't trust I Picard to <clears throat> I do know. what I want them to do at this point. Mm-hmm. I have two seasons of Correct. being fucked with, I feel, yes. you know. Um, this and is that's so fine much fun. in some ways. But I just know I love that like maybe it won't be all together at the same time. Maybe it'll be like independent. No, there's gonna be one last shot of all of them together. If there isn't, then that's frustrating, but I cannot trust this show to do what I, I want know. it to do. I know. The good thing is, like, here, here, here's what <clears throat> it is. It's I've had a tiny little taste. No, 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 no. It's not even a taste. 
I've had a smell of the kitchen. I see the ingredients. I'm excited for the potential, but I don't trust the cooks. Oh, fantastic. That's absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that is why this is now the food uh, Star Trek podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, mate, it's the food Star Trek podcast network. There we go. Um, look, I am so excited. Now, they released that trailer up after episode three or four. It is almost like the backlash to three and four was so much. They were like, we got to do something. We need to rush some. I feel like it was a reaction, not a planned trailer. Because it was like, stick with us because the premiere numbers, I think, were quite low. Uh-huh. So this is, hey, watch this so that you understand what's going on in season three. Because uh. this is the bit that you want. But goodness, good golly. I, I'm excited. There's no way you can't be excited after hearing Worf, Geordie. No, um, I, I knew all the voices. You do. You named all of them. You're like the Star Trek voice lady. So, Captain's Pod shall return eventually with season three of Picard whenever that lands. Until then, we're going to take a long hiatus and go to Beta Z for just some chill time. Heck yeah, where we hopefully get assimilated by some Ferengi. That's how that Wait, works, no, isn't it? Nope, no, 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 no. I don't want to be ferengi at all. Thank no, thank you. you. However, no, we will be back to do the premiere of Strange New Worlds because this is the podcast that does not sleep. Um, we will have a new crew member joining us to review Strange New Worlds as well. So we will see you next week. Um, thank you, Ambassador, for sticking with me on this tumultuous, challenging journey where we barely got to see space. Thank you for having me. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. I've loved all of the um, acceptance of the Trek people. Mm-hmm. And I am I'm looking forward to joining you I, on whatever adventure comes next, whatever that looks like, I don't know. We will see. Now, this is... If anything, Strange New Worlds may take some more explanation, but hey, this is stuff that I haven't seen. It's referencing stuff. I mean, it can't reference stuff yet because I haven't. It's taken place before stuff listen, that we know. Listen, Captain. Yes. I've been on your I'll crew for two seasons so far. Whoever comes on to the crew next, you're going to do great. I think you need to train them. Me? <laughs> to deal with me. Yeah. No, man. I'm going to Beta Z. I uh, told you. Have fun. Go and pick some of those musical flowers. Just just please be listening for really strange noises in warp cord thingies and, and space stuff. You're going to warp in, you're going to jump inside the warp core? No no no, just in case I get kidnapped or something. Oh, you have listen to, come to the rest. tunes. Listen, yeah. li- just just be, be beware. If you don't just, see me for a while, uh-huh. panic. Listen out for a in the warp static. Yeah, that's what it'll be. Okay, thank you for listening everyone genuinely. We love you loads and live long and pod spa. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Okay, test, 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 stop. Right, you ask that question every single week. I'm not touching anything. No, we never have to press any button. Can I press this button? No, because you're now working. Can I press this button? No. Why? Because I don't know what it does. Well, I don't either. But Geordie will run in and... Slap me? Probably slice a finger off and say, Oh, wow! You just ejected the warp core. Sweet. Um, you are very, very quiet, though. Thank you. Mm, not necessarily a good thing. Do you want me to be thing. quiet? Uh, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Okay, you did. I just happened to burp at the same time. <laughs> you did. That wasn't on purpose. Just to It me. wasn't on purpose. <laughs> on... Uh, 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 nice. <laughs> Candonese Mike, hear me. Hello, we're excited about Picard. Yeah, we're still excited about Picard. Danae, please talk. I 
am talking into a microphone, wondering why the buttons that you're twisting around are doing the thing. Perfect. That'll do. Why are you doing the thing? Why are you pushing the buttons? Why are you doing the thing? (laughs) (laughs) I gave you a beat and that put you off. (laughs) Let's go. It was a. (laughs) 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 It just all of a sudden turned into a hoedown. Oh, your cough is still there. <clears throat> still there, ma'am. It is persistent, but hey. <coughs> it is. Mm-hmm. <coughs> wow. Wow. It is getting better. As someone who's had to be in your presence for weeks while you've been coughing all over the place, mm-hmm. stop it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, it was my favorite thing when um, I was, we were working at your house and I coughed really loudly and Justin in the next room in the kitchen said, Ian, stop coughing. And your daughter Iris said, Dad, he, he can't, can't help, help it. it. I was like, thank you, Iris. Thank you very much. She came immediately to your defense. So sweet. <laughs> it but was really Dad, sweet. Dad, stop being a fucking asshole. He can't help it. What you don't know is that we do that around the house. Like if someone coughs, like quit it. Stop it. You know, it's just like what yeah. we do. Yeah, totally. He, he wasn't actually trying to. No, no, no. I, oh, took, okay, I okay. took great offense. I, I assumed <laughs> that he was. <laughs> no. He was coming in to rip my throat out so that I wouldn't cough anymore. It's really his vibe too. Mm. Oh, yeah, totally. He's very completely. much the rip the throat out kind yeah, of person. Yeah, very aggressive. Um, I, I would assume that you're just happy this is something that I annoy you with to focus on rather than the other things that I annoy you with. This is something fresh that I can irritate you with. You're right. It's a nice change right. of pace. <laughs> Constant hacking is different from the usual drone of your voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. How are you feeling about the finale? How am I feeling about the are we recording the show a proper? Well, I haven't done the intro yet. We're just I'm making conversation. But don't, you, but don't you want to talk about that on the regular show? Okay, we'll save that for the regular show. Okay. Um, but Ian? Yes. Okay. Yeah? No, go on, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. No. No? Permission to speak candidly, Captain. No, you're of a guest course. giant. Wow, nice. <laughs> are, you, are you really happy with that one? Are you... Are you... <laughs> you came back to the microphone yeah, I did because you and turned ready. on the recorder you, yeah, you just were so said... happy. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, you're a guest giant. Listen, it popped into my head as soon as that. I was like, don't interrupt uh-huh. him. Don't do it. Don't interrupt him. And then I was like going to say something else mm-hmm. and it was just not good timing. And I'm- It's okay. Your mom's a gas giant. <gasps> oh, oh, you're seeing her this weekend. I'll tell her oh, you said so. shoot. Computer delete log entry. Welcome to Tenfold with the part of the show. <coughs> <laughs> God damn it.